0: Hey everyone, welcome to the actual Kevin Peter show. This is Kevin, and today I have uh, one of my good friends, Monty Coley. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Welcome to the show, dude. Um, I haven't seen you in a while, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Monty and I, we've known each other for two years now, although it seems a little longer than that. Um, I first met him when he was a co-op at Royal Bank, and that's when we um, kind of met you, and I believe Sharon was one of the first co-ops at the time, and I, I think I'm definitely gonna bring Sharon Zhu in at one point to talk about stuff but yeah like how's how's IV? how's how's school i know you're
1: doing your master's now school's good it's been a fun ride it's been a grind out for the past month yeah i guess that's why you've seen me go Fucking less time right i like nothing on the phone or anything like that i haven't even gone to spend much time with my girlfriend yeah guzzle, how's a, guzzle She's, uh, she's replaced me with a dog, so she got, oh, a... Fuck. <laughs> so she got a puppy uh, just because, I guess, I was <laughs> barely around in terms Bruh. of, like, I, I, I was trapped in school and everything like that. So What kind of dog? Uh, a cave-a-poo. I don't know what... Oh, actually, no. A I cave-a-poo. do know what the... Poop. It's a poodle mixed with uh, some King Cavalier something-something. I'm yeah, not I a you... dog expert, but, like... Well, it's better than, like, a Golden Doodle or a doodle. There's Fair some not. other ones with interesting names. I don't know. I always wanted a dog, but, um, what is it? I never was allowed to get one because my dad's, like, super adamant not to. Yeah. Uh, even growing up, I don't think I've told you this story, but uh, growing up, uh, I was nine years old, and I'm like to my dad, I really want a dog, and he's like, the fuck? Uh... But the issue was at the same time i wanted to get a tv essentially because i i was just starting to get into video games at that time and so i wanted my own tv to play video games uh because we never wanted we never ended up getting like a nice hd tv it was all those like big black box tvs yeah um and so he's like okay I will only let you get this TV. And I'd saved up my money. He, he would allow me to get the TV if I gave up on the idea. On of the, the dog. dog? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck the dog. Let me get the TV. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, like, about video games, sorry to interrupt. Like, uh, my brother
0: was thinking about uh, starting, like, a video game cafe and then kind of extend the brand of, like, Hollow Hollow to, like, Hollow Hollow Gaming mm-hmm. and then sponsor, like, some Twitch. People have oh, like the, a like, tournament. Yeah,
1: bring in the local Mississauga. Like, bring in the champions. Asian kids.
0: Come in, yeah, yeah. And so it's not bad since no. nowadays, like some of them are making like fucking crazy money, like million <laughs> dollars per tournament or whatever. So when I when I first met Monty, I remember like this kid was so dialed into like finance, and uh, that's kind of how we kind of connected a lot because I was really interested in investing at the time, and I haven't really met anyone who not only knows more than finance than me, but is like always actively in the know about things. And when we first met, you were interested in investments or equity in general. Um, but the next time you came back to RBC in your second co-op, you were so into the crypto space and like, what got you into, like how did you find out about cryptocurrency before the craze? Do you remember?
1: How did I find out? I, I just remember, I guess, reading different articles and and that's kind of how I got into it and then it, I guess at the time, and, and this is probably how a lot of people now have gone into the crypto is just seeing the crazy rise in the price. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was like really digging into the fundamentals around it or what, what is this system, right? And I took it as, okay, what is Ethereum? Different people were saying, what are the smart contracts and, and where's the value? And so for me it was more of like the question of for me to invest or maybe me to even get into it it's more of do i see this in the future in the long term or where's the as I got more and more into it, where's the business case for some of the ones that I started investing in
0: so what what are you um, like looking at right now
1: so i'm looking more and i got into a period of like mostly trading which was not good Uh, in terms of it was successful. And then like over the, as the markets declined it, it it hasn't been the best for me, which was a hard lesson. But in terms of it's always stuck to the fundamentals of the money I'm putting into it. It's more of, I see this in the next two years in the next five years, in the next 10 years, Mm -hmm. I don't mind wherever it goes in the meantime. Blockchain right now is, it's more of like for blockchain it's getting that product market fit on, okay, we have this cool technology, how do we fit it into the different market? How does the technology truly work? Like, how can we really scale it up? How can we set it to handle different types of transactions? And the biggest issue coming into it now is like, now that we have all these chains, which one survives, which one dies? if it's always on the public, right? Yeah. And it it all depends on how many people are supporting it. Mm-hmm. So you these you need these influencers or people that support the network. And so it's a truly network ecosystem in which maybe everyone's an influencer, but it is, I don't know, possibly centralized in terms of the people accepting the transactions. Right. That's it, it's all like uh, there, there's so many aspects to it on the ta- high level, the theory side, but then you have the devs focusing on, like, let's just build this out and, and make sure it works and, and solve the issues that people are solving, right? And so going along with that, it's like I'm waiting for this one exchange to come out on the Neo blockchain called uh, Nex. And so the reason why I want to kind of ex- support the exchange more so is that you get kind of that dividend structure. The more of those coins you hold uh, for the long term, you'll receive the exchange fees. And so if you have no grips on whether crypto is going to go up or whether it's going to go down, it doesn't matter to you, but you just care about the transaction volume, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where you want to be in terms of however the industry goes, right? Because Right now at this stage, everybody really relies on an exchange for their transactions. And so for if you're kind of an investor, it's like if crypto is going up, if crypto is going down, I'm okay with however it goes as in the long term, I'm just going to be collecting those exchange fees. And so in the most likely term of like crypto picking up its peak again and the excitement picking up again, among more and more people, you're gonna be with that run, there's more transactions and you're gonna be collecting more of those kind of daily dividends from the exchange on whatever coins that they transact. And so it's a good way to capture what's happening in the market without being maybe too, uh, too, too having all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Right? In terms of, yeah, your eggs are in one basket with that exchange, but whatever is happening on that exchange, you're getting exposure to it. Um, So this Next Exchange, is it a decentralized
0: exchange or is it gonna be a centralized exchange um, controlled by Next? Have you heard of other exchange projects like the Xerox protocol at all?
1: Yeah, so uh, Next is a decentralized exchange and I guess for those of you that don't know, centralized exchange you can think of uh, in the crypto sphere as Binance yeah, or Coinbase or, or Coinbase, or in more of the finance stock market sphere as like the NASDAQ or the NYSE in terms of there the technology behind it that is processing all the transactions and so everything is centralized um, within that exchange. So that's kind of the benefit of the centralized exchange of everything is real time and instant uh, whereas the benefit of the decentralized exchange is you're not handing ownership of your shares to someone else. So uh, if you're back to maybe the stock market example, you have your shares in a brokerage account. So like uh, RBC direct investing, and then you want to execute an exchange on the NYSE. So you talk to RBC, RBC goes and has maybe their account with NYSE or your account with NYSE they'll do the transaction on the NYSE exchange. It'll be settled <laughs> on another, I guess, system, um, on another exchange, and then RBC just says in your account you have these shares. So you just trust that whenever you want to cash out RBC or whoever your broker is, is keeping that log and account for it.
0: Right, but for, so for a decentralized exchange.
1: For a decentralized exchange, what what's kind of different is you're interacting with everyone else directly with your own account, essentially. Yeah, you're dealing with the exchange, but it's only to maybe see other people's orders and to maybe process the transaction. So aside
0: from Neo, like what other projects are like? What, what projects are you passionate about right now or what's your favorite coin? My favorite?
1: Uh, or coins in general. My, my favorite from the start was Walton or Walton Chain uh, primarily because they're tackling supply chain and it's a very real application of the blockchain uh, just in terms of getting visibility into what's happening between your suppliers or between that network itself.
0: That's the one where they use like RFID uh, tags in, mm-hmm. embedded into like Work in progress, like materials.
1: Correct. So, so that's what I like even more about it is, uh, they have that experience in the supply chain space, and they're they're even developing out their own hardware. So it's even if not maybe the blockchain writing, they have maybe their own patent or that hardware that they can then bring to other companies. My my one maybe concern is like, RFID's for the supply chain sense haven't taken off as quickly as most people have expected in the past few years. Like I was speaking to a guy that came working from UPS uh, talking about Amazon and how Amazon still relies on recording or scanning in codes, even though like RFID takes are so cheap, they've still kind of relied on that system. Mm-hmm. And It's interesting where maybe RFID tags will fit in in the supply chain sense because it's really, really cool and easy in terms of rather than one by one scanning whatever products are in your profile or are in your shop, you just take maybe sensor and you automatically know what's in each box and what's the status of each item that you have and where is it going? Forever on the blockchain, always
0: tracking. And then, yeah, yeah,
1: it's directly sent to the blockchain and you can see, okay, it was picked up here and sent here. There, there's a lot of cool applications of blockchain to the supply chain. Mm -hmm. uh, If you think of even on the sustainability sense. So a lot of companies have no idea what's happening or where they're getting some of their products from because it's like, I'm outsourcing it to another supplier and they're getting it from another person. And who knows this fourth person off is maybe doing like child labor, or damaging the environment. and you have really, um, maybe as a company, no control, depending on the size of the company you are over the actions of the other company that you supply from. And so what this brings on the sustainability sense is you can see exactly what's happening within your supply chain uh, as well as maybe enact different countermeasures or actions, or even see if you want to think in the future of, okay, I know what each company does. How do I find the supplier that's right for me? Yeah. If I'm a new business, right? Um, and so that that that's an interesting sphere and scope for even companies without maybe needing to vertically integrate and make sure that their supply chain is... I guess safe or good. Hmm. I I remember uh, like I was at some uh, some
0: crypto event and some guy was talking about like how eventually all companies will have will either be on a public blockchain or they'll be on some their own private blockchain like hmm. some backwatered private blockchain and there's going to be APIs where each private blockchain can interface with each other and communicate potentially how uh, how much inventory they have what orders are coming out um, can you verify if this customer from this business uh, is also a cus- customer in, in whatever business, right? So as you talk about like, supply chains, I, I, like, I'm remembering that, yeah, in the future, uh, because of all these blockchains and, and how these private companies are going about it, we'll have all these separate chains all communicating with each other um, autonomously through these smart contract. Are there any other coins aside from uh, Walton that you wanna mention? Or give a shout out to,
1: yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Monaco. I think.
0: Yeah, you got me to to invest in that one for that uh, that steel uh, that freaking really. ruby red card.
1: Yeah, I, I like honestly, I I like their model, mm-hmm. but I think their concept other banks should maybe go into. Uh, banks already have their cashback or reward points. Yeah, maybe toss it on the blockchain where you can. More so traded for other items or other experiences or directly into cash within other countries. Um, just because the transaction fees are so much lower. Uh, as well as, you know, if you want to invest in with it, why not use your points? Right. So I remember when you showed me the
0: Monaco card, it, it, it caught my eye that they were partnered with Visa. Um, And when I saw that, I was like, okay, there's something on here, especially so early into the game. This, I guess, blockchain startup has that type of level of partnership. That and the fact that it has like a 2% crypto cashback, that was like interesting. So not only will I be able to pay with credit or load it with, I guess, BTC or Ethereum and pay off stuff regularly using the Visa systems, which is instant, compared to like what Bitcoin, which takes like 15 minutes to confirm a transaction. I will get crypto cash back, and with that cash back, I can potentially buy more crypto or load up the credit card to do whatever.
1: Well, that's what I mean of, I guess they've made their cash back their own coin, which is itself a cryptocurrency. And so if you think of other credit cards, you get those reward points, but those are kind of locked into whatever systems you want to use it. Uh, I, I think for RBC itself and other ones, you have to go through their specific pay- payment gateway to actually use their points. Like I can't just log on to Amazon and use my RBC, like my reward points right there. Or like Aeroplan or, or Aer- PC points or, or Aeroplan. whatever. Yeah. I need to go through the specific gateway. But if it's maybe crypto, I can go and transact immediately yeah, literally whatever with, you with want. other coins, right? That I might be interested to invest in um, or utilize. So. So that's what I find interesting and maybe it might be very extreme for banks uh, as a statement on how they feel about some of these blockchains Yeah. if they go public with their reward points on, I guess, a public ecosystem or a pu- public exchange. So imagine like Amex saying, you know what, starting tomorrow, all your Amex coins are on a blockchain and there are specific cryptocurrency that now you can go and swap up purchase or anything. purchase right. anything or swap up for Ethereum and we'll handle the transactions on the back end. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like their concept, uh, but I do I, I'm still 50/50 on whether maybe other financial institutions will head towards the same direction right. Right now they won't just because of the risk and I guess regulations behind that. But uh, if they do, it's like the it, it will overtake whatever that firm's doing. Um, so, uh, other ones I'm interested in are primarily Steam and Power Ledger. So, Steam, Steam's the very first social network. Yeah, the Reddit on the, blockchain. Of the Reddit of crypto. Maybe in price appreciation, I I don't know where it'll go, uh-huh. but in terms of actually properly implementing a decentralized system uh, to like a social network or social ecosystem and not just maybe profiting off other users' posts to generate advertising. They're truly creating value for you putting up good content, right? We judge in terms of likes and comments and you should get rewarded in putting up content that is valuable to other people or other users. So that, that could even be applied to the education sense of people posting up like uh, different articles on teaching other people how to do things within that ecosystem. Uh, So I'm I'm following that and seeing how it grows. And for everyone hustling out there, you know, and maybe next time, instead of posting on Medium or just LinkedIn, uh, posting on Steemit as well. And you can support the blockchain ecosystem if you're not even ready to jump in to buy into coins, but just keep doing what you're doing.
0: On and a different platform and you'll be rewarded for that. And, right? and
1: you'll be rewarded for that. And that that's I think the proper front facing transition of oh all this tech is going on in the background, but what does it mean for an average person on the street? So I, I like Steam for that. I, I in terms of price like who knows if it'll really skyrocket or not, um, just because their value is building up that network, and maybe it's more of just having that network large enough is where they derive that value. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other coin I'm interested in is power ledger.
0: Yeah, what is that? That's like the only one that you've mentioned I've never heard of.
1: Yeah, so their focus is on more, um, I guess, energy and dealing with energy. Uh, I, I've read into them a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm just really interested in them because they're, they're competing against uh, some other companies and, and their finalists, like top two, to be supported by like Richard Branson. Oh shit, um, uh, Mr. So, Virgin himself. Yeah, Mr. Virgin himself. So I, I guess they have a solid plan in terms of supporting the trading of energy yeah. uh, or the energy transactional infrastructure. And so, there. I think this summer it'll be like the announcement of whether they won or win that competition or not. And so, I'm looking forward into some of the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess around that space. The 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 thing I find is like some of these projects have like extremely long timelines, and some of them have very ambitious timelines, which for the markets makes everybody go crazy thinking it'll. Moon, uh, even though they haven't maybe built out those business conditions, right, like right?
0: Post up a lot of hype and a good white paper, and you'll have <laughs> millions of dollars. Where it could just be vaporware months out.
1: Maybe, yeah, exactly. And and that that were that is still an issue. Maybe not so much anymore since uh, the markets have gone down and people have gone much more experienced into governments are coming in and regulating. Yeah, seeing what's a good project, seeing what isn't a good project. Um, And and for some ICOs, it's going more of a legitimate route of making sure like KYC processing is done and everything like that.
0: Cool. So Monty, for people uh, listening to us, if a listener doesn't really know much about crypto and they wanna jump into it, uh, I wanna say that most of these listeners will probably have like a hopefully $1,000 laying around, and if they want to try it out, how would you advise them, um, to, how, like what kind of portfolio or, or portfolio structure would you recommend someone who's just beginning and they don't really know much about crypto?
1: So uh, for someone not knowing much, it depends on how much involvement you want, honestly. If you're more of, I see this industry in the future, um, maybe there will be another run-up. Right now, you can't definitively put a poke in the prices. And it's, it's looking, as the market, pretty, uh, I guess, sour right now. Yeah. Uh, wh- which is fine. It, it's happened many times, and in the past it has. And so I would still wait it out for the next few months to see where it goes. But in this time, I would look at the industries and projects that you're interested in. I would only invest in projects that you know what the, I guess, end concept is or what it looks like. And so that's, uh, I guess, a distinction on, there's infrastructure projects and there's actual like business case projects. So if you think of the top 10 coins on CoinMarketCap, they're either major payment systems, so like Bitcoin and Litecoin or Dash, uh, or, they are infrastructure systems of people building smart, the smart contract economy on top of, which is like Ethereum, Neo, uh, EOS even. Um, and so those are more of, we are building the marketplace or the, the infrastructure for all of these different business Web applications. 3.0. Yeah, to be built off of. So we're the back, we're the World Wide Web, we're the, the back The new TCP
0: IP. Essentially. and yeah. so
1: it's like if, if you're an investor those are the coins that are maybe the blue chip of like they, they the won't, blue chip they, of crypto <laughs> they, they won't they won't swing as much as some of the old coins where there's so many different people batting battling against some of the different concepts mm-hmm. um, so I would definitely hold one of the payment coins one of the infrastructure coins uh, and I would I would get into a coin that maybe pays you dividends, so at least you get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's why like I like Neo because um, the longer you hold Neo, you'll receive gas as kind of your own payment of supporting that ecosystem, uh, and then you can use that and still keep holding it. Uh, and it's just as that network grows, it grows. And okay. then I would I would invest in projects that you're interested in. So I. I'm interested in supply chain coins, uh, some of the other payment coins, the energy coins. It's kind of like your own different sectors.
0: Right, so okay. Now going back to $1,000, okay. someone's percentage, recommending? Percentage, yeah. How, what, are your, what are the coins in the portfolio and then how much of each in a, a percentage wise?
1: Um, coins in the portfolio. So I, you in this market, you have to hold Bitcoin. Uh, I would at least, do a minimum of like 33%, like a third of your portfolio in Bitcoin, uh, just to, for safety,
0: depending on your risk level. Why is that? Do you think it's like uh, the, the mother coin, the gold of crypto?
1: Yeah, right now, uh, the only way to truly really get into all of these other coins is by using Bitcoin. Uh, for most fiat exchanges, it's you buy into Bitcoin and then transfer into Bitcoin and now that they're building up the Lightning Network, like transaction costs are cheaper as well. Uh, same in terms of Ethereum. I think for the North American market, that's that's the smart contract system for the world outside of maybe China and and the some of the Japanese or uh, Korean
0: coins. Right. So would ETH be your your infrastructure coin that you're talking about in the portfolio?
1: Yeah, I, I would do ETH or. Neo, I actually, okay. I'm a, it I'm sounds a big, like you a little Yeah, I'm a big fan <laughs> of Neo. Um, they have a lot of smart people working there. Uh, I like the way their system operates in terms of if you want to do an ICO on Neo, you actually have to have a very legitimate project um, because it kind of has to be accepted by their user base, and you need a lot of like money yourself to actually push the project through, mm-hmm. uh, which is good and bad because it. It maybe weeds out some really promising projects but they just don't have the capital to get started right Uh, but it also weeds out some of the really bad projects that are are just gonna rip you off or you lose your money to it Uh, and so that would be maybe uh, I would say the infrastructure coins and Bitcoin make up 70%
0: 70 70 to 80%
1: and then the rest you would invest in Uh, some of the altcoins and and that's saying if you want maybe more of a a balanced safer portfolio Mm -hmm. rather than a risky portfolio where you're just all in some altcoins so a bit connect bro that's just a scam (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) That that, yeah. That, that was just an insane scam but but going off the same thing of you define your risk tolerance if you don't want any choice uh, a thing that I found interesting was uh, digital asset arrays. So this is maybe very small in, in the crypto ecosystem, uh, but these arrays are essentially, if you want to think of mutual funds. Right. So you're, yeah, that's you're, like a whole other
0: like area to so, get into.
1: So yeah, say, say, you know what, I don't care what happens, but I want someone else to manage my money or I just want a portfolio and I don't have time to afford to split it up. Uh, if you go on economy, uh, you can see these digital asset arrays where you just fund a portfolio of different cryptocurrencies. We can
0: probably bring, uh, because uh, cryptocurrency arrays, like we it could be a huge other topic on its own and we can probably bring it back for like another episode somewhere down the line.
1: Exactly, but it's very much like if you want to think of ETFs or mutual funds, but in the crypto sphere of holding cryptocurrencies, because in the public markets you can't really do that at all right now, right. outside okay. of like okay. mining stocks.
0: So the portfolio: thirty percent Bitcoin or whatever, forty percent some infrastructure coin like Ether, Neo, and then twenty percent whatever projects you're interested in.
1: Mi- minimum like minimum. a third of Bitcoin, yeah. Okay, or and maybe some other payment coin.
0: Cool question. So uh, what would you say is the absolute worst advice that you've heard in this industry so far to date? Uh,
1: the best and worst advice, uh, is, and you, you hear it around crypto a lot, is uh, buy the rumor, uh, sell the news. And so if you join any telegram group, it's, it's a double-edged sword in terms of if you follow that advice, The moment you see maybe any news on Telegram or anything like that, uh, or even on Reddit, you're automatically like jumping into the coin and you might be there for the rise, but, uh, or you might not be because it's just people pumping up the coin uh, without maybe any material change. Uh, if it's just like rumors on news, unless there's actual true certification behind it. and that can get you maybe into a lot of trouble. You're buying a coin you have no idea about, no background understanding, and at that time, the moment you want more news about it or to dig into it more, you go onto their Reddit page, and on their Reddit page, all you see is everybody jumping up and down in excitement uh, because they're they're selling the rumor essentially. Buy up this coin or look wow the price is going up what's going on and then you hear you read some i guess news on what's going on and that builds in it, it's kind of like your own validation to get into it yourself because everybody else is getting into it and, and that's what we saw over this past year mm-hmm. and maybe now it, right now it's especially in a some dark times of the people that got in this past year are really like man it's sketching out yeah it's pretty harsh right now and maybe quickly back to my $1000 portfolio i would hold off on on buying in um, right now cuz it it's looking very grim uh, the the i guess crypto sphere or crypto uh, ecosystem at this yeah, point yeah
0: i like i haven't really been paying attention as of much Um, Do you know why, like, prices are falling? Is it government regulations? Is it, um, you know, lack of interest or um, not enough uh, progress from the
1: developers? I I think the developers are, like, putting in all their work for the legitimate projects, like, everything that they can every single moment. Um, I think they were under... A lot of pressure actually before when prices were going up Uh uh, because a lot of community members are like oh this coin skyrocketed why aren't we developers get to fucking work and this decline might actually be good for a lot of developers in terms of there isn't as much gas on the pedal to like push 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 so that we're like the top coin Uh, now it's more of like you can make sure the work is done properly. The other thing is I think the energy has, it, it's calmed down a bit more. Uh, if you think of like this wave for for this most recent run-up started last year, this time right now, uh, that was or in, around May, which was like the first major run-up of Ethereum. And then over the summer it was tons of ICOs running up and then into October and November, Bitcoin skyrocketing. And so like, that's a lot of energy taken out of, I guess a lot of maybe public people, a lot of public investors uh, being able to invest their time into reading all, about all these coins and all these companies. And so I, I think the decline cl- down is like a very necessary calm down or a, I guess, breather into the ecosystem. Um, it's still very tiny. if you look at like total market cap, uh, in comparison to other industries as well. Like property even, and equities? Yeah, property, that... equities, even, even companies, like we're not anywhere near, like I haven't checked coin market cap most recently, but we're not like at the size of Apple, Google, Amazon, or even some other companies, we can even check what the price let's let's double check like 268 billion which is smaller than like, Apple Google yeah, or Amazon that's, uh... all three of those combined I got to check against Netflix too but yeah we... that, that, that's what I mean of, of it's still a very tiny dot in comparison to all of the money out there in
0: mm-hmm. the world So as a quick disclaimer, me and Monty are not financial advisors of any sort.
1: Or crypto experts. Um, We've just been maybe viewing the market, having our own business experiences on the innovation side and seeing where different technology rates can go. Yeah. So
0: like as your own due diligence, um, you know, do your own research, um, know what you're getting into. And if you do invest in crypto, understand it's, you know, for the long term, uh, whether you're a trader or investor, hopefully, regardless of profits, you'll you'll learn a lot from the sector because there's so many applicable um, things that could come from it.
1: And you don't you don't even need to be an investor. Even just knowing what the market is, or even seeing maybe what these different costs and benefits are, can help you in the next five years as this wave comes. Just as the AI wave has taken over from 2010 till now crypto is probably gonna be the next wave that's yeah. coming through.
0: Let's take a step back from crypto. Um, I wanna go back to my first podcast episode, which you probably haven't heard yet. I don't really even think you've you heard it yet. The, um, what I was talking about in that episode was the the ideas about life cycle, like with business relationships, um, experiences, everything has like a beginning, a middle and end. Um, the The whole gist of that was you will come across hardships and failures. What my question is to you is, was there a a failure or hardship that you want to share that without that hardship, you wouldn't have become successful in um, an an area that um, was giving you a difficult time?
1: Yeah, so a big failure for me, I guess, or even growing up, the biggest hardship I had was with public speaking, and so, I had an, a chance to really improve my public speaking in second year by taking a speech course. Uh, and that was, I guess, forcing myself into a really terrible mark, uh, which also may have cost me some scholarships Yeah. Uh, coming into third year, but it was really to skill myself up and make me more comfortable at it. So that course really challenged me in terms of, I guess, getting in front of people and talking about different things in different ways um, and forced me head on to practice and just feel comfortable talking to different people in a crowd. I still can't do a presentation maybe right off the bat in one minute uh, and be probably concise, but give me uh, like half an hour to prep and I should be good. Uh, Or I'm, I'm much better at playing around with my ideas and improving on that. And public speaking is just a skill that it takes more practice mm-hmm. to either inspire people or, or get your point across. Um, I'm always a big fan of answering questions though, because I know my content pretty deeply and can get passionate about it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a failure or hardship that may have cost me some free money and definitely costed my GPA uh, a bunch because it was more of like a full credit course that took a full year and dragged my average down rather than me taking another course that would have been a very easy joke. And, And within that same year, I took a course that I thought I would rip and take easy, and my biggest slap in the face was getting like a, Fifty on my first midterm exam, uh, just because I didn't pr- prep, and that was a huge slap in the face. Because if I didn't, I guess pick my shit up, um, I might not have gone into my your current program my current program. All
0: right, Monty. Well, it, it was a uh, solid seeing you again. Thanks for thanks for coming and thanks for agreeing to try out with this like initial podcast thing. I, no, I think no. this is like your first time doing this as well too, so.
1: Yeah, uh, like first time podcasting seems pretty cool, very chill, I've always wanted to do one with some friends, Uh, so you might see some more coming out from my end itself. (laughs) Uh, Shout outs to Anchor, because this application is very sweet in -hmm. terms of putting out a podcast, and I'll include some links to share with this podcast, if people wanna read up on different ideas or industries. The the great thing about the crypto sphere is, while there are a lot of bad players, there are tons of good players trying to educate the population and and maybe showcase not just the value, but like what the industry really means um, and everything that's accomplished or what's possible with the technology. And so even if you're a beginner, there's a very simple way to learn what's going on in the ecosystem without getting maybe tied up into too many of the technical terms. And it's, it's, it's as I said, being on a cusp of a new wave, and it's a wave that a lot of people can maybe understand, there, it's a very exciting sphere. And there's nothing wrong with being excited about something that you might grow passionate about, uh, and if you love ideas, it's somewhat endless in the blockchain space of the ideas different people are different the ideas different people are putting out there, and it's just a good way to even see into so many different industries without digging into a book. Hey guys, uh, it's Kevin here, so that was episode two.
0: Um, I hope you enjoyed it and thank you for listening for this long end. I also want to say after episode one you guys gave incredible feedback and support. Because of this, I now have 24 guest speakers lined up, each with their own topic. I'm so excited to keep on trying this out. So I'm going to do my best to set a cadence and release an episode every Monday night. So next week, we're going to be talking to my friend, Teresa Lee, who has her own YouTube channel. We're going to be learning what's it like to be a content creator and get an idea from her how the landscape of social media will be changing in the next couple of years and what's YouTube's role in this. So if you guys like this episode, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And once again, thank you for listening. And, and yeah, until next time, guys.